You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi, everyone. I hope you're managing to stay safe and in good health. We're moving into the fifth week of being furloughed and the fourth week of lockdown. Can you believe this? The time is flying and one of the emerging concerns about this current situation is how you're managing your mental health and how employers are managing the mental health of their workers. For almost everyone, this will be the first time people will have been living with a pandemic of this nature. And it can be really scary with all the information we hear in the news about how many people are sick, how many people have died, the situation in other countries and the seemingly endless worry surrounding what's happening to our lives and whether life as we knew it will ever return to where it was before at the start of the year. Couple that with all the information coming out about your employment rights, your employment responsibilities, being furloughed, not being furloughed, and people are struggling. And as if that wasn't enough, add into the mix the enormous pressures about how people are expected to live and educate their children in the same quarantined space. And although coronavirus is being described in some circles as the hidden enemy, one of the main concerns not being talked about is how people's mental health is holding up under these extreme conditions. Ordinarily, If you have a routine that brings order to your life in the areas that I've just mentioned, you're more likely to be able to spot changes in the way you're feeling. And if not you, then other people are able to spot those changes and hopefully reach out to you. But if you're in quarantine lockdown, knowing that your mental health is suffering is much more difficult to spot and you're much more likely to become scared and overwhelmed by the information overload you're surrounded by. So what I want to do is to give you some pointers that you can use to reflect on how you might be feeling and for you to ask yourself whether you think your mental health might be suffering. Mental health charities have highlighted several signs and symptoms that could indicate that your mental health is suffering and that you need to seek support from a mental health professional. So I'm going to go through several of these now. And these are just examples. The list is not exhaustive. Plus, there are some things which might not be on your list. But nevertheless, these are some of the things that mental health charities say you should be looking out for. Sleep or appetite changes 
or a decline in your attention to your personal care. Rapid or dramatic shifts in your emotions or feelings, particularly if you're already suffering from low mood or depression. A drop in your motivation, which in terms of being at home on quarantine lockdown, might be you having difficulty in performing familiar tasks and tasks that you know need to be completed. Then there's problems with concentration, memory or logical thought and speech that you may find hard to explain. You could have a heightened sensitivity to sights, sounds, smell or touch and even an avoidance of situations which are providing just too much stimulation. You could be feeling apathy or a loss of initiative or desire to participate in any form of activity. You could feel disconnected from yourself and what's happening almost to the point of having a sense of unreality. And you can also feel disconnected from your colleagues at work, all of whom, like you, are furloughed and working from home. You can have illogical thoughts or unusual exaggerated beliefs about your own personal powers to understand meaning about current events. You could have fear or suspicion of others or a strong nervous feeling or you could have odd, uncharacteristic or peculiar behaviour and you're more likely to have others comment on that So what I mean by that is if these behaviours start to feel normal for you, you're not going to be able to point them out. But others might be able to help you to point them out in yourself. Now, it's important to remember that one or two of these symptoms alone can't predict that your mental health might be suffering. But one, two or more of these symptoms together might alert you to the possibility that at the most serious end of everything, you might need to ask for help and support to try and halt the symptoms that you're feeling. And at the daily end of things, you might need to change up the things that you're doing during your day to better support your ability to get through this. So what things could you be doing? Now, I know these things are going to sound really simple, but the concern is that if you were at work on the outside, you would be able to tap into some of the things that your employer might have in place to help your emotional and psychological needs. When you're on lockdown, none of that is in existence Everything has fallen away. And so you have to now do some of that work to begin to ensure that you're reflecting on your own mental health needs. So one of the first things you can do, which sounds really obvious, but it is to be kind to yourself. There's a lot going on right now. So it's understandable you're going to feel stressed about work, money, family and your health and all of these things 
for other members of your family. So be kind to yourself. Don't feel like you have to have it all worked out and don't feel like you have to be 100% productive all the time and pretend everything is normal all the time. It's a huge help to yourself to remember the basics. Secondly, you need to make sure that as far as possible, you're able to eat well, sleep well, and also try some gentle, mild exercise. Even if you're not infected, your physical health and mental health are linked And whilst there's a heightened anxiety because of COVID-19, it's even more important to make sure you're getting good food and good sleep and taking some mild exercise to counter your being much more still and sedentary than you would usually be. The third thing I want to point out is that it's hugely important to structure your day. Without the usual patterns of getting up, going to work, doing the job and returning home, it can be hard to establish good boundaries between work and home, especially when you're working from home and you're using the same space for both professional and personal activities. And it's even worse if you're doing that for long periods of time. And remember, I said we're already into the fourth week of working from home. It really does help to build yourself a structure for your day. And where possible, sticking to the routines that you had before lockdown. If you try where possible to wake up, get dressed and have breakfast in the same way as you did before you went into lockdown, you will find that it brings order to your day and that your emotions can make sense of that. If you're someone who went on a long commute to get to work, you could do things like reading or listening to a podcast, this podcast, Or learning something new, like learning a new language, for which there are a ton of downloadable apps that you can use on your smartphones. You can do all of that within that time that you were using to get to and from work. And the beauty about doing it that way is that you can actually take that time and achieve something significant by the time this lockdown period ends. But once you've done all of that as part of your morning routine, you can then move into your working day. Now, at the end of your working day, it's really good to have a similar wind down routine to mark the end of your work time and to tell yourself that you are now shutting off from work. And when you shut off, your work should stay shut off until the next working day. It's also important to build in time for lunch breaks, cups of tea and time to catch up with your colleagues and friends during the day. Now you might be saying to yourself, all of this is obvious, but you will be surprised how many people 
don't know or are not aware of the steps they can take to relieve some of the anxiety and the mental stress that they're feeling at the moment. And when you're feeling like that, you forget what your work routines looked like and you forget how important it was to have simple things like smoking breaks because of the things you might do during those smoking breaks, like talk to a colleague or search your messages or just using the smoking time to break up the monotony of the working day. Sometimes you can have that overwhelming sense of having to show up working constantly when you're working from home, because there is always that belief in the back of your mind that your employer thinks you're skiving. And it's different when you're in the office because they can physically see you. And when you go for that smoke break, that's your chance to get away. But when you're working from home, you don't have any of that. And so it's important to break up the day and put plenty of opportunities for you to get away from your work so that you can have time to breathe and have time to reflect. The fourth thing is that it's crucial to mix up your forms of communication, meaning that don't just choose one way to communicate with your colleagues. You can use phone calls, you can use video chats, you can do group calls. Whilst a lot of people dislike conference calls or video calls because we don't like the way we sound and we definitely don't like the way we look and sound when everybody else is watching. These forms of communication can be a much quicker way of communicating and they also make you feel less disconnected when you use these ways of communicating to enable you to see your colleagues and your family members. I mean, who knew that online video chatting would become such a thing as it's become now? There's been a huge take-up of video chat and online meeting software with platforms like Zoom, GoWebinar, WhatsApp Video, Skype Video, Microsoft Teams and Google Hangouts all vying for those internet eyes of family members and work members communicating with each other. If you're not yet using this type of software to communicate with your colleagues, it's very easy to go online and do a comparison check to find the kind of software that you will find the easiest or the best for your use. Once you have a way to meet online, Try not to make everything about work, especially when you work from home. You can use the software to schedule in lots of social time with colleagues and friends, which can help you to change up the energy around you. You can even agree lunch and dinner dates with everyone meeting online with their meal to eat together and chat. The key here is not to make everything about work. And the final thing that can help you is to remember that lockdown is not forever. 
Lockdown and everything that comes with it can be challenging to your physical health, but poor mental health unchecked can become as much of a risk as the virus itself. So it helps to keep track of how you're feeling and it helps to adopt these coping strategies to see you through. If you were at work in the outside world and your mental health was suffering whilst at work and you had time off because of it, your company would try to exercise its duty of care to you by likely encouraging you to see the company occupational health specialist. And the job of that occupational health specialist would be to assess your mental health and well-being and then make suggestions to your employer about how you can be assisted to return to work in a safe way. However, because our workplace support systems have fallen away, this service is not there. No one's watching you. And the only way you can help to balance out the anxiety and the stress and feelings of loneliness or whatever the feelings of emotional or mental distress are that you're feeling is to make contact with your colleagues in a way that's meaningful to you and to them. Because as much as your colleagues might see the help you need, you may also see the help they need. And in that sense, you, like them, are having to be your own occupational health support. And you do that by taking time to check in with yourself, to ask how you're doing. Sometimes it can help to keep track of your feelings and concerns by writing them down in a book so you can reflect on your own levels of distress or happiness and you can use your writings to get you the help you need. If, however, in listening to this podcast, you really are feeling overwhelmed by everything that's happening, then I want you to know that every city in the UK has what's called an IAPT service. IAPT stands for Improving Access to Psychological Therapies. And IAPT services are NHS services that aim to deliver talking therapies to local communities. So each local NHS should have an access point where you can telephone either through your GP or yourself and connect with a local IAPT service who can then put you in touch with a talking therapy service. You'll need to go online and put in the letters IAPT and then your city into the search engine and you should then get information about your local IAPT service. The main thing is that if you are finding this a struggle, please don't suffer in silence. Reach out to someone who you trust. And if you don't have that person, then contact your local IAPT service and ask for support.
I hope you can take something away from this episode. And remember that as long as the coronavirus and COVID-19 is impacting how we work our jobs, Employment Rights Online will be here to ensure that we have all the up-to-date information we need about how to manage the coronavirus and COVID-19 situations that have come about as a result of this virus. That's it for this week. Stay as safe as you can and remember to reach out for help. Bye for now.